Latvia Weekly, your independent guide to the news in Latvia, with your hosts Otto Tabuns and Joe Horgan. Latvia Museum, welcome to episode 118 of the Latvia Weekly podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joe Horgan, all by myself here in Yelgava tonight. It is Monday night, just around midnight. And unfortunately, Otto Tabuns, my wonderful co-host and I, our schedules did not align at all this week. Normally, the two of us, uh, either through, you know, a Zoom call or, you know, when there's no pandemic in person, we go through the news together, the things that have happened in Latvia that we think you guys should know about. So instead, what we've done is uh, we had to work a little bit separately. So Otto uh, talked about a couple of different stories, uh, some different domestic stories, which we'll hear in just a second. And I'm going to go through some uh, other stories that I think you guys should know about. And then we're going to close things out. Uh, Olive Nikars, who is a, a good friend of ours and uh, contributor to the show, he has uh, prepared a little bit about one very important international story, which I'm sure you all heard about. He's going to give his take on that. And then Otto is going to close things out with a week in history. So it's going to be a little bit different today, but uh, hopefully... It will uh, be interesting and useful for you, as uh, we always try to be. So first, I'm going to hand things over to Otto. Good evening, listeners. The vaccination process dominates Latvian COVID-related news, yet the Ministry of Health is trying to go ahead with the existing resources, even though the previous process and its failings have required some structural changes. Vaccination of people with chronic or long-lasting medical conditions will start next week. Those include people who suffer from oncological conditions, diabetes, HIV, obesity, and others. Also, people with functional disabilities and those who cannot visit vaccination points due to medical reasons may apply for vaccination at home. More information can be found on the website of the Ministry of Health. Still, the availability of vaccines is an ongoing issue for Latvia. The government discusses the division of vaccines produced for the European Union and the European Commission will host a meeting on this to discuss problems with countries such as Latvia and possible redistribution of procured vaccines to alleviate this disbalance. The European Commissioner Breton is visiting Latvia currently and claims that Europe will reach collective immunity by June. And also, he announced that he considers the possible procurement of other vaccines, such as a Russian vaccine Sputnik, as redundant. Local vaccine production is being seriously discussed. It came, uh, first of all, as an initiative from the pharmaceutical companies. However, the Minister of Economics claimed today that this could start in six-month time. So it can be questioned whether that timeline would be good enough. Representatives of Latvian businesses, meanwhile, are calling for a more nuanced and tailored approach to restrictions which are ruining certain sectors of the economy at the moment. A discussion on limiting the restrictions with regard to smaller shops is currently taking place, and uh, we may expect some changes in the near future. In other news, the government discussed the need to finish the higher education reform, uh, which is something that the Minister of uh, Education, uh, Shaplinska, uh, is very keen to go forward with. Uh, the Ministry of Education has proposed a regulation for university consortiums, something uh, that has been an interest to several smaller universities. The Ministry may as well revoke the minimum number of students' criteria that would qualify an education institution as a university. 
And this, of course, would be much sought after by the universities at Jalgava, Daugopils, and Liepai, as each of them has less than 4,000 students that the ministry intended to be the minimum requirement. The spring, which is appearing step by step, presents us not only with an occasional curtain call of snow and first flowers, but also many unpleasant surprises for drivers, bike riders, and other users of public infrastructure. Potholes are causing an increased amount of damages to cars. Uh, for example, the number of incidents associated with insurance claims has increased by 91% compared to the same period of time between January and March last year. On the other hand, we have uh, good news. Uh, the road between Tukums and Kuldiga is being renovated. Uh, we may assume that this uh, cold of a winter not seen in the last five years will necessitate more road works later this year. At the same time, there are people whose everyday life is not affected by the presence or absence of any roads. Uh, despite the crisis situation with regard to the pandemic, uh, I'm happy to report that the military needs of our country have not been forgotten. The exercise Crystal Bullet 2021 takes place currently in our country, uh, joining 1,700 soldiers from uh, Albania, United States, Czechia, Italy, Canada, Latvia, Lithuania, Montenegro, Poland, Slovakia, Slovenia, Spain, and Germany. Most involved soldiers are part of the multinational battle group led by Canada, uh, who are there in this country already. And they all will exercise the preparedness and cooperation of the National Armed Forces, Ground Forces, Mechanized Infantry Brigade, as well as the Allied units located in Latvia. Thank you very much, Otto. So there's just a couple other stories I want to take you guys through. Um, first of all, going back to the pandemic. So a lot of people are unhappy about a lot of different aspects of the pandemic, both the way the government is handling uh, the um, response to the pandemic. And also, you know, there's a lot of people who don't uh, believe in the pandemic itself. There's all kinds of people who are unhappy about all kinds of different reasons. And a lot of them came out, a couple hundred of them uh, came out. There were reports of um, up to 800 I've read in some different places or several hundred or there's been uh, different amounts of numbers. But this was a group that was uh, seems to be officially uh, kind of organized by uh, or the People's Powers Front. Um, they organized a uh, protest at the Freedom Monument and also in the Esplanade. So this is kind of uh, in the center of Riga between Old Town and the center. Um, so, you know, th th these kind of protests have been happening throughout the pandemic. And uh, this is nothing um, particularly new. Um, but, uh, you know, again, we do have a right to protest. Latvia is a you know, country that does believe in a freedom of speech, but please, if you, uh, you know, are going to go out and, and protest anything like this, then uh, please make sure to try to do so in a socially distanced way to exercise your constitutional freedoms. A um, couple other stories involving the vaccines. So uh, there was a big hubbub this week. Uh, a lot of you heard about all over Europe, and Latvia was no different, about the AstraZeneca vaccine. And uh, there have been different media reports highlighting some potential fears about the AstraZeneca uh, vaccine and some different side effects, including some blood clots that uh, there is uh, fears that it could be related to directly. 
you know, a very small percentage of people have been having severe, severe reactions to the AstraZeneca vaccine, or at least it seems to be. It's very difficult to to tell. You know, they'll you'll read all kinds of stories, especially by some of the more headline um, happy or clickbait, as the kids say these days, uh, websites that will talk about somebody who you know got the vaccine. They mysteriously died three or four days later. You know, well, there's no way to know if they actually died from the vaccine or not. But uh, anyway, you, you've been seeing a lot of that lately. And this uh, specifically with the AstraZeneca vaccine, which has been causing, it seems like more side effects than some of the other ones. And uh, also, unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be as effective as some of the other ones in terms of actually preventing COVID. Well, uh, it's been under fire here throughout Europe. And Latvia was one of the countries that decided to pause using the vaccine. Uh this only lasted a couple of days, so so this, there was only, I believe, two days altogether where the vaccination was paused. So there was a big discussion about whether or not that was the correct move to make uh, and whether those two days actually achieved anything in terms of uh, determining whether the vaccine is dangerous or not. But apparently uh, you know, there, there were different meetings, different um, you know talks and, and uh, checks of the... Uh, you know, trials that have been done already. Obviously, there's you know no kind of clinical trials that can happen in two days to prove that something is completely uh, safe and effective or anything like that. But um, it was decided to continue very, very slowly with the vaccination process because it has been extremely slow here in Latvia. There's a lot of words that you could use to describe the process, um, but effective and quick are not two words that would describe this process, unfortunately. Um, so, as we've talked about before, there was a big hubbub the last couple of weeks over uh, the logistics and the storage of the vaccine, specifically a company called Orobalt, which uh, they were not delivering the vaccines uh, according to the uh, contract by that they uh, signed with uh, the Ministry of Health, at least that's the Ministry of Health's version of that, Orobalt has a different version of that, and that's still that's still kind of ongoing there but there are two new companies uh so recipe plus is one of the companies and they are going to be delivering uh vaccines um to the uh, west side of latvia and then a different company called uh, magna medical will be providing in the eastern section of latvia so let's hope that those two companies do a little bit better than uh orobalt did because uh, we could be waiting for a very very long time to get our vaccines. Um, so uh, at least now you can get the AstraZeneca one again. And, um, you know, unfortunately, Latvia kind of put their eggs in one basket, at least the the uh, health ministry did and, and the government in general, they put all their eggs kind of in the AstraZeneca uh, basket, didn't really uh, order a whole amount, uh, a whole lot of other vaccines. So there has been order of the Pfizer vaccines and, and, and others and um, but uh, that could still take quite a bit of time. Also, you know, the, the talk, um, you know, as Otto mentioned, of the uh, vaccines being produced here locally, well, that's you know, great. That's going to take a while. Um, and more bad news when it comes to vaccinations. So there was a report by de facto this weekend, LTV's investigative journalism show. So this is the public broadcaster who did this. And uh, the staff issue is a major one because... You know, um, Latvia, even before the pandemic, was lacking medical staff. And uh, it's going to be very hard to get the people required 
to actually carry out these mass vaccinations. So it's not just the issue of the vaccinations themselves, the actual vials being delivered to where they need to go and, you know, being able to uh, acquire more of them, but getting the people to actually do it. I mean, I can just say, you know, anecdotally, we have a family friend who's a nurse who works in a uh, private um, laboratory, I guess you could call it, you know, where they do blood tests and everything. And, you know, they're they're training the staff there to um, do the uh, COVID vaccines, you know, to be one of the points where you can go and get a uh, vaccine as part of the mass vaccination. And, and all the staff are just scratching their heads wondering how the heck they're going to have the time to do that because they're already overloaded, you know, with the different tests that they have to do right now. And um, it's it's very, very unclear how, how that's actually going to work. So, just another aspect of the, um, well, yeah, you know, it, <laughs> there was a time, there was a time when uh, there were you know, articles in international news about how well Latvia was handling the pandemic and how Latvia was a model of competency. And I remember, you know, kind of being the Debbie Downer back then saying that, uh, you know, I think we kind of just got lucky and that there wasn't anything particularly special that we were doing. And I'm very sad to say that I said so because I said so. But anyway, um, if you want to sign up for the vaccination and you do not know Latvian or Russian, uh, well, you will eventually be able to get an English version of the Monovaxina uh, website. This was a website that was launched um, quite a while ago already. I believe this was uh, January when we were talking about this. And um, so the English version of LSM, the uh, public um, public media online, uh, so they did a story um, a little bit earlier in the week uh, saying that although the English version of monovaccina.lv, so that's the website where you can go and sign up for the coronavirus vaccine, it, although they'd promised it in February, it still has not appeared. And a couple of days later, they followed up that it will be ready in the second half of April, apparently. Um, which is pretty amazing, uh, considering that, you know, there's not really that much to translate on the website. And, you know, it, it's hard to imagine uh, what could possibly take so long, but I guess it's just not a priority. I mean, you know, of course, uh, we live in Latvia. Latvian is the state language, you know, we should all be learning it for those of you who are new to Latvia, did not grow up here. You know, we uh, do have a, uh, a duty to, to learn the language and communicate in Latvian as much as possible. Um, but at the same time, you know, just from a practical standpoint, um, for, for those people here who might be, you know, students or temporary workers or and everything, um, you know, it, if we want to actually solve the issue of coronavirus, then, then that, that is a very practical concern. So, so hopefully that version will be available. Otherwise, you will have to suffice with Google Translate or your friend who knows Latvian. And if you are interested in learning Latvian, uh, you can join one uh, Facebook group, which I am a uh, admin of Foreigners Learning Latvian. It is a wonderful place to uh, kind of talk in Latvian with some other people and, uh, you know, learn learn some interesting tips and everything. And because uh, uh, it's, it's a good time to learn Latvian right now when there's not much else you can really do. Uh, go outside and, well, you can go for nature walks uh, still. But, uh, you know, even here in Yelgova, actually, I was uh, filming a uh, little video for this kind of international online conference, which we were hosting. 
and I was trying to, um, we have this like watchtower, which they built uh, a couple of years ago that overlooks the wild horses, which you should all see if you've never been to Yelgova, you should definitely come here. And uh, I thought, okay, well, this is going to be the one thing that's open that I can actually like go up and take a picture from. And even that was closed. Because uh, when, when I was there, there was actually quite a few people who were down there, uh, not very socially distanced, but <sighs> at least you can go learn Latvian, you know, that's a good, good, good time to, uh, to brush up your language skills. But uh, that online health issue is not the biggest one in Latvia uh, by any stretch of the imagination. So Otto and I have talked uh, at length about the mess that is the Latvian e-health system. So this is the system that uh, doctors use to put in medical information uh, so that other doctors can see them, so that uh, you know people can have their prescriptions without having to have something printed out. Uh, it was a complete mess when it was first launched. And unfortunately, it has not gotten much better despite money that has been uh, shoveled into it over and over and over again. And now it seems that uh, they are going to have to completely redo it. So this was another broadcast by DeFacto, the uh, LTV investigative journalism show. So uh, apparently that is going to cost uh, something around $5 million, uh, to to completely redo the uh, online health system because apparently it was just done so badly that uh, th- it's just impossible to fix, apparently. And uh, there's blackouts for you know hours in a day sometimes and uh from from one thing i was reading on here this is again you can go uh, read kind of the summary of this de facto report uh by the english version of lsm because uh lsm and ltv they're kind of part of the same public broadcasting organization um but apparently uh if the system doesn't work then you have to send in like you have to email to the national health services like central bureau an, an excel file which is just uh completely ridiculous and have to wait for it to be updated a couple days later so um i wish i could say i had good news about covid there there, there really just isn't um so so first of all there was a, a special strain of covid that was originally found in uganda which just appeared in leopaya apparently this was uh, back on march 15th and uh it's not really clear yet if this one is a um, as Otto and I said a couple of days, uh, a couple of episodes back, a uh, variant of concern, uh, but one very concerning variant, which was also unfortunately discovered in Latvia today, I believe, or um, uh, actually, I guess that's now past midnight. So, so yesterday, <laughs> now, now, now it's Tuesday. Uh, so, so Health Minister Daniels uh, Pavlutz told Latvian uh, Radio One that unfortunately a case of the South African strain of coronavirus was found in Latvia. And this is one of the strains which is the most uh, kind of concerning because the uh, vaccines are less um, well, less likely to prevent it. And uh, it's not good. Draugi now lobby, as, as Christianis Karnch, our, our prime minister, would say, friends, it is not a good situation. So... It's tough because everyone is sick of being socially distanced. Everyone is sick of being inside. Everyone is sick of thinking about coronavirus. Uh, but, you know, um, it's been said over and over and over again, this is a marathon, not a sprint. But people are running out of energy, and it's 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 tough, you know. And, you know, on, on one hand, you know, we do have to remember that this is not the anywhere near the worst crisis that humanity has ever faced. Uh, we, our ancestors have been through horrible wars, genocides, plagues, which were much more deadly than this, but, you know, at least in terms of our 
lives, you know, the, for, for those of us who grew up in the West or, you know, this has definitely been a, uh, a very significantly challenging time for, for us. So hang in there. Um, a couple of non-coronavirus related stories. So, um, a couple, couple of interesting things here and there, uh, well, okay, I guess this is kind of related to uh, to coronavirus, but uh, so so the school year will not be extended. Uh, I, I can't remember if we talked about that in the last episode, uh, but but that was something that um, you know was being talked about whether or not to extend the school year, whether or not to cancel ninth grade exams. Well, ninth grade exams are canceled. Twelfth uh, grade exams are still going to go ahead, uh, just as they did last year. It, it's basically going to be the same situation as last year. So um, because in Latvia obligatory school ends at grade nine you know it's a little bit different in america uh, basically you can drop out of school when you're 16 but uh, in latvia basically school goes up until grade nine that's the obligatory part of school and then high school is um kind of more or less optional because you can choose to go to a high school or uh, technicums which is kind of like a vocational school instead there, there's some other options instead of just traditional high school so you know, 11th grade teachers, if their students are complaining, uh, you know, actually my, my wife and I were kind of, you know, joking about this earlier, you know, with, um, you know, elementary school students, you know, if a student says, you know, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to do this? Then, you know, sometimes teachers will just be lazy and say, because I say so. Um, but uh, if teachers are lazy in grade 11 and don't want to justify, you know, why why they're learning, you know, some particular topic that the students don't think is uh, interesting or useful, then, uh, you know, teachers will say, well, you know, it's not obligatory. You don't have to do it. So anyway, um, but if you are to grade nine, uh, you will not have exams, which is very, uh, I guess, probably probably a good thing for you. Uh, 12th graders still have uh, a few exams, but um, they were going to try to do them as socially distanced as possible. So that's that's going to depend on the school to implement those requirements. Um, so a couple of politicians are in trouble. Uh, one is, uh, Dieter Schmitz, who was formerly from the KPV LV party, which, uh, Otto and I actually haven't talked about in quite a while lately. Otto and I have to do some kind of special episode about, uh, KPV LV because, um, th- there's just been so much with coronavirus that we, we've kind of, uh, haven't really uh, paid attention to them, but, but the party is under a completely different name now. Um, it is it just completely exploded all over the place and is a big, big uh, mess. But anyway, um, Dieter Schmitz, who was formerly from KPV LV, he did not join the uh, newly named uh, party um, for for a uh, humane humane Latvia, I guess it would be for a humane Latvia in in, in English. The translation. Um, well, he, he was actually a presidential candidate, actually, at one point. He was, um, he, he, I believe he ran for president in the previous election. But anyway, uh, he is in trouble because he has not been showing up to his online SIMA meetings, and uh, which is very funny to me because uh, <laughs> Artis Kaimich, who was the founder of KPVLV, he kind of rose to prominence because of, uh, you know, he, he took all these, like, little videos and uploaded them to Facebook Live or Facebook about... Uh, you know, SIMA deputies, you know, parliamentarians falling asleep or, you know, not not doing their jobs, not showing up to meetings. Well, he has been, uh, Dieter Schmitz has been refusing to show up to meetings because he says that there is no e-SIMA in the Constitution and that he is following his duty according to the Constitution, which is a, uh, <laughs> a very convenient way of uh, skipping out of work that you are being paid to do by taxpayer money. 
which is, uh, I don't know, you know, I maybe I should do that as a teacher, that there's, you know, nothing, nothing in the school charter, there's nothing in, um, you know, the, uh, the, the Latvian constitution about e-school. So I, I should, I should try that on someday when it's particularly nice outside and I want to go to the beach instead. But anyway, um, yeah, so he, he is in, uh, some, some big trouble for that. Uh, one politician, or I guess, former politician at this point, who's in much bigger, bigger trouble. So this is Andres Schele, who was, um, at one point, you know, one of the, uh, kind of most prominent politicians in Latvia. So he was prime minister twice, in the 90s up until uh, I believe the year 2000 that he uh, that he uh, left um, the prime ministership again um, he is kind of known as one of the three big oligarchs so we talk a lot about Ivers Lembergs who uh, you know has, has gone through an endless criminal process but um, he, uh, Andres Jelly and then also Einar Schlesers are kind of like considered the big three uh, oligarchs who um, you know were very very powerful during the late 90s and the 2000s and uh, so one very long ongoing case, which he has been n- kind of uh, discussed in, but now he has been formally indicted. So this is Andres Jelly again that I'm talking about. Uh, this is about um, a uh, scheme back in the uh, 2000s to implement digital TV in Latvia, which apparently ended up, um, or at least there was allegations which are still being investigated they've been investigated for looks like 15 years at this point um of money laundering and bribery and fraud and you know just all all the good stuff um so so he has officially been indicted in this now uh we will keep an eye on this but this uh case just like the lembergs one and you know unfortunately a lot of these big cases in latvia uh they they tend to move very very slowly so you know when there is an update uh <laughs> in a year or two we will we will let you know, but um, you know, kind of an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Um, but uh, one story that's actually kind of related to to the Lembergs issue, because, uh, you know, um, Iris Lembergs, uh, his kind of rise to power specifically had to do with uh, the ports, the big, and specifically the big port and vents bills. Well, the um, Latvian government has uh, been, over the last couple of years, one of the major kind of anti-corruption initiatives they've been doing is uh, taking over, nationalizing the ports, and um, this is uh, a plan that uh, has has been going into effect over some quite quite some time. Um, and th- th- this is specifically uh, for Riga and Ventspils. Apparently, um, uh, Leopaya is not going to be um, included in this plan. Uh, so, so th- this is something that is going forward, and um, we will uh, keep you posted on this. Uh, another kind of like a little story that popped up this week. So, um, there is apparently a plan to coordinate, uh, the Baltic states and, and, and have a list of, uh, people who are banned, um, or, or not allowed to, uh, to gamble. Um, and, and these are people who, uh, specifically have, um, uh, issues with gambling who have, who've been found to have, uh, have gambling problems. So, uh, apparently they're going to come up with a way to um to have a uh a joint list of of people who are who are banned from doing this either either online or um or in person so don't know exactly how this is going to work i mean i would love to discuss with this auto right now if this is even kind of uh constitutional um but uh when when that kind of goes ahead i will uh we will update you on that um another one uh by the way this uh on the, on the uh, english version of lsm 
I have to give credit as always to to Mike Collier. I don't know if this was uh, him specifically, but uh, you know, of all the public broadcasters in the world, if you think of like you know, BBC or NPR, usually it's very dry. Um, you know, l- <laughs> the English version of LSM, and it's it's not true of the the Latvian version of LSM. You know, has this very just kind of unique sense of humor. So the the uh, the headline here was Riga Council's bottled water company is to be liquidated. And you know they could have said closed down, but 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 of course uh, that 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 is kind of the uh, the the style of humor that uh, that Mr. Collier has implemented over there, um, which just makes reading the English version of LSM a absolute blast. Uh, I wish the Latvian version of LSM was that much fun to read in, in Latvian, but it's it's much more formal, as uh, well as public broadcasters usually are. But anyway, um, so th- this story apparently I, I didn't know about this. I, I actually want to talk to Otto about this more because um, I, I was looking into this. But um, so so Riga City Council was actually in the uh, bottled water business, believe it or not, and this is something that uh, they've decided that they're going to get out of since there is. <laughs> You know, really no good reason in the council's mandate to be selling bottled water, and especially since a lot of um, you know city councils, including Riga City Council, are trying to um, decrease their carbon footprint. And you know, I mean, bottled water is just about as ridiculous as it gets in terms of a uh, product that is damaging to the environment for many, many, many reasons. Um, so, so the fact that they you know are selling this you know doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, um, and they are they're getting out of this. Uh, so. That was back in uh, 2012 that they that they set up this uh, this company. It has always been kind of a, a point of controversy, but but very interesting that uh, you know th- th- that was a fun thing to kind of learn about this week that I didn't know about. And uh, one last domestic story before I hand things over to Olevs is about Terpitus Iola. So this is the beautiful kind of brick uh, co- or, uh, cobblestone street down. Um, so so in Riga. There's these streets that go from the center, you know, basically kind of like where the Freedom Monument is in Old Town, um, kind of uh, towards Yugla or towards the um, the Vef Tilt, the the the, uh, the Vef Bridge. Um, so so you have um, Alexander Chakiela, and then you have um, uh, Christiana Baroniela, and then you have Brivibusiela. But between Baroniela and Brivibusiela, you have uh, this uh, cobblestone street that is Terbatisiela. And apparently, uh, they're going to spend something around 600,000 euros uh, with uh, new benches, new new plants. Um, so, so they're going to try to make this more pedestrian-friendly, put in uh, pop-up cafes, uh, or at least make it make it possible to have pop-up cafes. So this was, um, if you remember back to last summer, they, they kind of made this a pedestrian zone. Uh, you know, very bad timing, you know, in the middle of a pandemic to do that. Uh, but uh, apparently they're not going to do that again. They just decided to make it more pedestrian friendly, which, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I don't know. Next time I'm in Riga, uh, you know, two years from now, I will uh, I will let you know how it is. So that just about does it. I'm going to hand things over to Olaf Nikars, who uh, once again is the president of the Baltic uh, Security Foundation. And he is going to talk about uh, the big uh, hubbub between um, Joe Biden and Vladimir Putin and what that means for Latvia. Thank you, Joe and Otto. The top international story was made by President Biden's statements on Russian President Putin. In an interview with ABC, Biden confirmed that he considers Putin a killer. 
This resulted in Russia recalling its ambassador from Washington, D.C., and Putin has called for a phone conversation and a live discussion to be organized between him and Biden. Is this unusual? Yes. Is this surprising? Not really. Just this week, the Biden administration took a very strong tone in the American-Chinese summit in Alaska, including new sanctions against Beijing a day before the summit. As Russia is considered a bigger foreign policy issue for the Biden administration, it's not likely that American stance will be less strong. We may see new sanctions put in force, including measures against Putin's close circle, as Biden and Putin already agreed to extend the START nuclear treaty in January, it would be difficult for Russia to use this as a tool of influence. If Russia announces this agreement now, it will further Russian image of an aggressor. The reaction of the Russian government shows some signs of nervousness. As a result of Navalny poisoning, the relationship with the European Union is near freezing, and now Biden's regulation of Russian interference in US elections does the same for American and Russian relationship. As a result, the Russian response has two sides. On the one hand, it contains loud rhetoric to maintain respect in the eyes of domestic audience, it is also intended to mobilize those Westerners who have economic interest in relationship with Russia. On the other hand, the Russian rhetoric includes proactive call for dialogue, asking to prevent the complete breakdown of international relations. Additional sanctions would hurt more. Specifically, they would also allow China to take over influence in sectors previously held by Russia. Moscow doesn't want it. That is why they are seeking dialogue. What does this mean to Latvia? A strong American stance in relations with Russia is positive for our country and the Baltics. It shows that the Baltic concerns are heard and better represented in NATO. In addition to military security, support for shared concerns, on other issues like Nord Stream 2 brings NATO closer together than in the last four years. Holding aggressors to responsibility will bring increased security to the Baltic and European region. And thank you, Olevs. Now, Otto, it is time for the Week in History. So what can you tell us about? For this Week in History, let us look at two very important moments. On March 25, 1949, the Soviet Union deported 92,000 people from the occupied Baltic states. Out of them, approximately 43,000 were deported from Latvia. Many were peasants who did not want to join collective farming forced by the Soviet government, so they were sent to Siberia and other distant and underdeveloped Soviet regions together with their underage and elderly family members. These people were deported in cattle cars, just like the one exhibited at Tornikan's train station from where the deportation took place. Many died during transit or due to poor hygienic conditions and slave labor. After Stalin died, many survivors and their children were able to return. This tragic part of our history is commemorated in Lichtendars, also known as the Garden of Destiny, near Kuoknese by the river Daugava. This is something we recommend you to visit once you have the chance. On March 26, 
1817, right in the Yalgava Palace, not far away from where we usually report, serfdom was abolished in Kurzeme. This gave legal freedom to Latvian peasants from the German barons and paved the way for Latvians to gather capital, gain education and achieve a better position in life instead of being predestined to serve others. Serfdom was abolished in Vidzeme in 1819 and in Latgala in 1861. This served as a precondition to foster Latvian culture and eventually gain equality, political influence and a way towards independence in 1918. And thank you so much both Otto and Olevs for kind of putting together this uh, weird, so very socially distanced show. Um, but uh, I am going to be talking with uh, Otto and Olevs, uh, unfortunately not in person, but uh, through um, a Zoom call. And because uh, we are going to be celebrating already the 150th episode of uh, Latvia Weekly. So so that is including, uh, you know, different interview episodes that we've done, special reports. Uh, so, so that will be episode 150 uh, a little bit later this week. Um, but um, episode 149 I've already recorded. That is with Gary Dickinson, who is known on YouTube as Baltic Homesteader. So I recorded that on Friday. Have not had a chance to... Uh, put that out yet, but I will try to do that in the next day or so, because uh, that was a very fun interview to do. He's a very interesting guy. Um, if you you know, have ever wondered what it's like to uh, kind of leave your office job and uh, just kind of go into the wilderness and you know, try to uh, try to make it on your own, well, he will let you know how that is, uh, especially you know, moving from the UK to, to Latvia. Very, very, very interesting guy. And uh, that just about does it, though, here. So thank you, everyone, for uh, joining in. We, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. And uh, we will be back, Otto and I, uh, talking at the same time, I hope, because this is never as fun to do it without him. I, I really missed doing it with him this week. But we are here for you, and, and we hope that, uh, that you are all doing well. We hope that spring will come for you soon, except for those of you with allergies like me. I'm uh, not enjoying spring already. But until next time, we still love the